Welcome to Leadership in the Digital Age with Professor Vijay Gurbaksani, Director of the Center for Digital Transformation at the Paul Mirage School of Business at UC Irvine. Join us for thought-provoking conversations with executives on the forefront of digital transformation. So welcome, Chet. Uh, you know, we've been having conversations for many years now, and, and I think uh, it's, it's great to have sort of feature you to sort of help us, you know, summarize some of the, not summarize, but sort of talk some of the big themes we've been talking about. So as we've talked about, you know, our point of view at the center is that every company is a software company. And, you know, you've been around this industry for a long time. You were at Apogee, which got acquired by Google. Now you're at Datastack. You know, so step back and, you know, take us to the 10th. You know, I can do 30,000 foot view. I want you to do 10,000 and lower. Um, what are the fundamental shifts you see as we rely sort of more and more as, on software as sort of the source of value creation? Where, is, where are companies in their digital transformation journeys uh, and what surprises you? Um, so actually, let me step back for a second, right? If you think about the 2000s, the industry solved, you know, scale out networking, connecting to billions of devices, right? The iPhone, everything else that came along with it. In the 2010s, it was all about computing and running billions of instances of, of cloud apps, right? And, and cloud instances and many of the, all of that is still happening. I think the 2020s is about solving scale out data. And I think Lisa referred to it, right, a little bit, which is how much data is exploding and it has a life of its own, it has a life cycle of its own. But it does depend a lot on the industry you're in, right? And industries uh, are being distributed and are moving more quickly. So I want to take you into an example, right? Just think about Home Depot. Home Depot successfully launched curbside pickup in less than 30 days with Cassandra and Datastacks, which increased the digital sales by 100% in Q2. 100% right, of digital sales in Q2, and it was launched in 30 days. They had a modern tech stack. They thought about things like Kubernetes that gave them the ability to go fast, maintain speed, reliability, and convenience. So, you know, we, we, there's, a, there's a tendency to talk about how far people are, but, you know, there are many good examples like Home Depot and many others that are being already being data-driven. They've been preparing for this, and COVID has accelerated the digital transformation for many ent enterprises, and it continues to be the case. No, I, I think that's absolutely spot on. So let's let's drill, you know, with your expertise. Um, you know, that's that's a perfect example because I use, you know, uh, I use Walmart for home delivery now and curbside pickup when you couldn't get home delivery. And it was amazing to me at that time, and now people have caught up because it's, this is accelerating, as you say. But you could really begin to see sort of the differences in different companies, like what the Instacart offering was, what the Walmart offering was, what the Target offering was, and the, and the traditional grocery stores, which I think are also catching up, but struggled for a while. And many of them have partnered with Instacart. But sort of, you know, your strategy depends on sort of where you start from and who your customers are and what data assets you have. So, so, so talk to us about that. Like, what is sort of the bridge to sort of like from data to information to value proposition, because at a high enough level, everybody understands data is important, but how do we sort of put meat on those bones and think about how do we get better value propositions from this data that we may or may not be collecting, frankly? You know, it's, it's really interesting. We had um, a leader circle um, 
meeting recently and and everybody i think everybody understands data is a new oil right but i love what louise from from macquarie bank said he says data is a new plutonium <laughs> right it's extremely powerful if used correctly but if used incorrectly it will blow up in your face and blow up everything around you as well yeah so you've got to be careful on how we use it right data continues to double every year but at the end it is about making sure it's accessible you analyze it and you make it actionable and so i'm going to give you another example and i'm going to keep doing this as you ask me questions just look at fedex right fedex connects 99% of the world's gdp 99% of the world's gdp they they've, they've gained a 50x performance by just changing the way they serve up data going away from relational and transforming the data architecture right that means including a uh, microservices architecture making sure it's hybrid but they have modernized a hundred plus portfolio applications for the global scale you talk to rob carter and he'll tell you that fedex has been a data company from the beginning of time right because they've always cared about data as something that surrounds right that surrounds the entire package that they've always delivered so it's not i i just want to remind everybody it's not just having a repository of data right but it's also building a modern stack around it so you can do something with when data is in motion right you can do things like sensor based shipping that you know what what customers need right so it is it's about delivering high quality data to the right places at the right time to support the best possible experience and you're not going to be being a, you will not be able to do these new things with old technology so having a modern stack becomes really really important so let's talk about that a little bit because I, and this is what i meant by drilling down because um you know we we have both business and technology executives in the audience so talk to us a little bit about how do you become a data driven enterprise how do i become one and when you talk about the stack what actually are you focus what are you what are you talking about like what are some of the things that go into the stack so we actually um it's it's uh, uh, so let me step back for a second right it it all starts with sharing data but before we get there um we actually met with 1400 leaders and technical practitioners across 13 geographies and to really understand their data journey right and we found that 21% of them were just starting or had not started or were lagging 46% were early and emerging this is by the way themselves self selecting into the categories and 33% were mature or would they were leaders right so what we've learned is two things right companies that have a data strategy or have a data chief data officer are four times more likely to have a strong to have strong data and ai capabilities that are well understood in the enterprise the second thing we found out was companies with consistent double digit revenue growth are 3x more likely so people that are growing fast are are 3x more likely to attribute it to what they do with data and data analytics so the winners the ones that are doing really well definitely contribute not all their success but some portion of their success to data right i think a data driven enterprises it starts with two simple questions right um just two simple questions how do i enhance my current value proposition right how do i take data and insights and how we fundamentally change the value proposition for our current customers 
And then the second question is, how do we deliver new value propositions based on data that we're delivering? Because if it is not front and center to, how, to who you're serving, you will never be able to do that, right? And so how do you embrace the modern stack? The modern stack is Kubernetes, Cassandra, Kafka, Pulsar, Spark, Elasticsearch. If you're not using these new technologies to deliver, to deliver not just data at rest, but deliver data in motion, you're probably not going to be able to do what FedEx did and what Home Depot right, did. So the right business framework is about defining a data strategy. You have to break through silos. And I think Lisa mentioned this a little bit. Um, I got the tail end of the presentation, which is you, you, cannot, you cannot live in a new world by old rules, right? So you have to change the way you're organized, and then you have to bring in people who see the value of data and can analyze it. I think one of the things that you touch on, which is really important, so you know, we talk about data as a new oil. I actually have a different argument against data being the new oil, not, is, is that a lot of the data that people talk about is actually renewable, or it is not, you know, is, is not a renewable. But you know, if I behave on a social media platform one way this week, I'm likely to behave the same way next week. So my data is constantly being regenerated. And I'm, you know, the part of the challenge is finding meaning uh, in the data. But the point I want to pick up on that I think is really important is, you know, you talk about data in motion, which is not a phrase you hear very often, to be honest. Uh, and you know, I, I actually sort of did a lot of uh, PhD level work on databases, and these temporal databases are very interesting. And then the idea of being how do you, everybody at some level understands how you can use traditional databases to analyze, you know, what customers blocked last quarter or whatever the case might be. But now we're really talking about sort of the real-time enterprise and real-time data, which is what you're calling uh, data in motion. Like, you know, a plane's flying, I'm getting data off its sensors, I'm getting data about the passengers on the plane, what do I do with this in real time? Where I can actually also act on the data and not, not, not just sort of, you know, get an insight from it. Can you talk to sort of, sort of how important that is and what companies in the audience, executives in the audience should think about if they want to move to that stage? So I think um, I'll, I'll, go back, I'll, 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 I'll go back to what I said earlier. I think it comes down to um, how do you radically change your current value propositions or fundamentally change your current value propositions and how do you deliver new ones? Right, and that is really, really important. So let me take you into an example, right? Let's talk about T-Mobile. When T-Mobile started, they didn't use data to work on you know, plans being 3% cheaper or 4% better than the competitors. They used data to come up with a massively differentiated approach. We started by asking different questions on how do we optimize and tune the same tools and approaches everyone in the industry uses? That's not what they asked. What they started was, how do we create a differentiated experience that people will remember and come back to? So what they did, essentially, to give you a sense, they started migrating the apps away from SQL databases they've had to Cassandra, right? And they started unlocking the speed to make sure that they had a seamless customer experience. Not very different than what Home Depot did, right? Home Depot did the same thing. They had a baseline of this new modern stack, and then innovating becomes really easy. What's yeah, really interesting about Timo is they didn't stop there, right? They launched 
a new thing, which is Team Tuesday, adding a completely new value proposition. Your phone is a smart platform to get offers and deals from your favorite brands. Whoever thought that, you know, this thing that you call to communicate with people, you can get great offers, and your service provider is going to tell you, we'll give you your offers that you like on one day of the week. You can tune out the rest of the sex days, and you can tune out of self-select out of not having these either. But for people who do, why don't you get the tips and deals on Tuesday? That is coming up with new value propositions based on data that you're collecting that, by the way, people have consented to, but you have a stack to work with it so you can deliver it in real time so people can do something with it and make it what you said actionable. So you mean by going from Taco Tuesday to Timo Tuesday? Is that what you just said? <laughs> um, I am the Taco Bell professor after all. I have to bring that in. Um, um, that, uh, to the audience, uh, we have a few minutes left, so please type in your questions. I would love to get some more questions from you. Um, you know, while we were talking about this, uh, do you have other examples of companies that sort of where the value proposition is fundamentally a data-driven value proposition? You've got T-Mobile and Home Depot and FedEx. and um, So a good, a, another good one is uh, Lending Club, right? Um, so if you think about it, um, you know, Lending Club, they've helped two and a half million customers simplify their finances over the last 10 years. Um, their business needed a stable cloud-native database that scales to their business needs, right? Uh -huh. And the chief architect, Sam, was really excited about making sure that he gets all the power of, you know, all the power of the modern stack, Cassandra and other pieces, but he wanted to go off and do it in a no-ops environment and do it off the cloud, right? Why put the energy of going and managing your, managing all the data when you can actually use the cloud to make it happen? And so they have... The, the good news about that is not only do they not have to worry about the operations so that they can focus on the business need, but the other part is all the other pieces that come with cloud where they have elasticity and things like multi-region, all those things have been worked out for them. So I think the one thing you'll see, and you've got to come up with a better phrase than just winning data, you know, data-driven enterprises, the ones that really win, the, the leaders, right? Um, they leverage technology not for technology's sake, right? At the end, they are leveraging technology, but it's very crisp and very clear across the enterprise. It's about the value proposition that they're delivering to customers. And the number of examples of companies like that are only increasing, right? Look at Netflix. Yeah. Netflix is a great example of a, of a company that's been data-driven forever. They went from delivery to recommendation to now creation, so they used to be a delivery platform. They said, okay, we, we deliver a bunch of shows. Now let's go off and say, how do, we, how do we take that and give you recommendations of what you like? And then they went from a recommendation piece to saying, now we actually know exactly what you watch and why you like it. And so we're now going to, based on your likes, we're going to create shows that you would like even better. They're almost like customized to what people want, right? Talk about being data-driven, right? Netflix is one of the best examples ever. Right, and and uh, so we've got some really great questions. I'm going to sort of combine a few of them in the interest of time. Um, so one of the, you know, we've talked about cloud, and, and I think you can see them as well, but um, how do we prevent lock-in to sort of specific software vendors that, you know, I won't take names, but how, how, this is something that people worry about. If you want flexibility, uh, how, how, how do you make sure you don't get locked into your vendor? 
Um, so, um, I, by the way, I get this question. I get a chance to talk to, to CIOs and CEOs and boards uh, many times a week. And I get the question a lot. And here's generally my take. I think you have to have a hybrid multi-cloud strategy across the board. Right. It is. And, and I, when I say multi-cloud, it doesn't mean that you take data and you move it around. Right. Because data has gravity and moving around is hard. Right. It costs money and things like that. But I think making sure that you have technology that works across multiple clouds as well as works with your private with your private data centers is really, really important. So that's one. Second thing is in this day and age, you're going to use open source. You're just going to do it. And I think that gives you a certain level of comfort that you can go to wherever you want because the technology is not locked into one particular cloud provider. You can go and do anything you want. So multi, um, hybrid multi-cloud, open source, definitely, definitely have to go with cloud native technology, right? So if you're not running on Kubernetes and things like that, then there's something wrong, not in 2020, right? If you're making a decision in 2020, make sure it's cloud native, it's OSS, and it's hybrid and multi-cloud. Let me, let me ask you one last question because I think it's become a little bit self-evident from the way you've talked about. Should you go top-down or bottom-up in a data-driven strategy in a, uh, in your, on your data-driven strategy? It's a great question. Actually, a really good one to, um, to, to end with. Um, I think the answer is both, and let me just explain why. I think it's really important for everybody in a company to know whether the C-suite deeply cares about being data-driven. Right, and I think that is really important and needs to come through, i.e. having a data-driven uh, data strategy, like a data strategy, as well as having a chief data officer of some sort, because th those, are, those are clear indications that the CEO and the board cares, right? That's one. But the second piece, and I, the reason why I think bottoms up is really important is because you cannot just have a strategy, right? right? You need to have apps. Right, and I think it's really important that somebody, no matter what the man, whatever the data manifesto is, somebody needs to take that and actually write some code and deliver value. Right, and I think that's why the I think it's a you cannot just do it bottoms up. You cannot do it top down because bottoms up, the momentum of the organization will not let you come up. Right, you will just not surface of being high enough. So I think it's a combination of both. You have to have a top down strategy, but then you have to let a hundred. 500, 1,000 flowers bloom, and then pick the best ones and say, that's my example, and that's why we are going to be successful. And Chad, that's a wonderful closing for a reason that you don't fully appreciate, because our school's strategy is leadership for a digitally driven world, and you need digitally savvy business leaders, but you also need tech savvy uh, people throughout the enterprise, because at the end so. of the day, you do have to build these apps, uh, and, and you know, CEOs are not gonna sit there and write apps. Uh, so, so with that, that was really informative and, and thank you to, uh, for helping us understand how we build a data-driven world. Thank you for listening to Leadership in the Digital Age. We hope you will follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn at UCI underscore CDT or on our YouTube channel, UCI Center for Digital Transformation. Please be sure to subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to give us a review. Until next time.